Welcome everyone to Cat and Joe Good to Know Podcast. I am Cat Melton, broker owner of Cat and Joe Orlando Realty, and I am here with my son, my go-to guy, and my co-host, Joe Melton. Today, we're going to talk about seller's disclosure, and if the seller has to disclose a murder that occurred in the house, what role a buyer's agent has in the disclosure, how to prevent buyer's remorse, and the importance of a clue report. So, Joe, does a seller have to disclose whether a murder or violent crime took place in the home? Well, yes and no. It depends on where you live, like Alaska, California, South Dakota. All those places have a three-year time span between the murder and when you have to disclose it. Okay. What about Florida? Well, Florida, currently, the answer is no. It's really sad because I think I would get kind of freaked out knowing that uh, there was a house where a murder occurred, but that's just me personally. Oh, yeah, especially some creepy dolls in there. Creepy dolls. (laughs) How about ghosts? Uh, (laughs) Do we care about ghosts? Nah. (laughs) I don't know. If it's a friendly ghost like Casper, that would be kind of fun, but... Yeah, the paranormal stuff, I'm not interested in that either. You know, there are some cases, Pennsylvania as one, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did rule on a case regarding disclosing a murder or ghosts, and they said it was emotional distress. That's not a disclosable item. And in Minnesota... They have a new law now that a seller may not have to disclose a murder in the house, but a realtor does. That really opens up the ability for the seller to sue the realtor if they disclose the murder that lowers the value of the property. So I don't know. But, so by law, the realtor, well, so which which realtor, the seller's realtor or the buyer's realtor has to disclose this? Oh, that's a good question. When I read it, it was the buyer's realtor would have to disclose it so if not, they knew not, about it. Not the sellers. I know. Isn't that insane? So, so the buyer realtor has to disclose by law if they know there's been a murder in that house. Yeah. And if the seller is like, whoa, you're lowering the value of my house, I could sue you for that. That just doesn't make any sense because the, the realtor has to do it by law. So it's a lose-lose <laughs> scenario for the Buyer's realtor. And for the buyer. And for the buyer, yeah. yeah. So um, usually courts will favor the buyer in situations like that, but not when it comes to the murder or violent crime or ghosts, apparently. I just, I don't know. I think from an ethics point of view, I think I would disclose it. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. Yeah, well, what would you do? Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely disclose it if, I don't, not against the law in Florida though, right? So, Correct. But what about fair housing though? Because fair housing does have to take an effect, right? Yeah, it could be. I look at the seller's disclosure statement itself and you're supposed to disclose anything and all things that would impact the overall value of the home. But I think what they were saying and what they were referring to was the fact that some people, they don't care if there was a murder in the house or a violent crime. They don't care. Those are weird people. (laughs) Yeah. That is not me. I would want to know. I would want to know. Oh, yeah. There's there's just no way. But um, so we have to, as realtors, find a legal way to disclose this information. I don't know. I think... 
like attracts like, and I think the people that I work with would also want to know, but there should be a way for a buyer to investigate it on their own. Mm-hmm. Like they could do a Google search, right? Yeah. On a home, um, search up the address on Google and come up with something maybe. Yeah. I mean, if there was a gruesome murder that took place, chances are the address would be in a, in a newspaper report somewhere. Somewhere. So, yeah. So that's a great idea. That is a really good idea, actually. And anyone can do it. Another way is through the use of a clue report. Joe, do you know what a clue report is? Uh, I believe it's an insurance report of all the claims filed in a property for the past seven years. (laughs) Did you know that before this podcast? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So what a clue is, it's a comprehensive loss underwriting exchange. And you know how when you apply for a mortgage, they do a credit check to find out the credit worthiness of the buyer. Mm -hmm. Well, this is actually the worthiness of the property itself. What does trouble me is the majority of real estate agents don't even know what a clue is. Really? Yep. If the case of the seller's disclosure and not having to disclose it, if the buyer's agent had requested the seller obtain a clue report, the insurance claim would more than likely have provided the history of the house. So chances are, if if there was a murder in the house or a gruesome, violent crime, the homeowner would have made an insurance claim. Mm -hmm. The biggest shock to most new homeowners when there had been a previous claim on a property is that when they receive their first insurance bill, they're going to be shocked to see there was an adjustment. So the typical process is that when you go to closing, you obtain an insurance binder. And that's a temporary policy that is replaced within 30 to 90 days after closing. But the problem with that is if you don't know the insurance history of the house you're purchasing, you could end up paying an unexpected huge insurance rate based on past insurance claims on the house. That's going to be hugely important, even if there wasn't a murder history that was associated with the house. But that would be one legal way to discover that something bad had happened in the house. Yeah. How do you even get a clue report? Good question, Joe. The only way that you can get a clue report is the seller has to request it from his or her insurance company. Okay, so the buyer would have to ask the seller too. Right. Can the seller refuse a clue report? Yeah. Okay. Uh, He very well could. I don't believe it costs the seller anything unless the seller was trying to withhold. Just trying to hide something. Yep. But to do it properly, that would need to be included in your original offer. Okay. Another thing that is really important that a buyer should do as well, and that's just to make sure that the area that you're living in is a good area, is that you should always contact the county police department. I know there are places that all of that information is online. You just have to type in the address, and there is a a website that you can check, and just to make sure that, you know, there isn't any problems with the house or the area. We're not allowed to talk about crimes. We're not allowed yeah. to talk about schools. No. Nope. A lot of this, the buyer needs to do. Oh, yeah. Well, that is good to know. Since we're talking about seller's disclosure statements, let's talk about 
the importance of an accurate disclosure statement. Now, that is a document that reveals the material defects, the mechanics and physical structure defects of the house. And so a lot of times the sellers will try to not answer that question. They'll just check unknown thinking that's going to protect them. But really, it is important that the seller be honest when filling out that paperwork. It's going to save them in the end. Yeah. So let me ask you, Joe, do you think a roof leak or roof replacement should be on a seller's disclosure statement for sure yeah especially if it's been replaced yeah because it'll let you know when and it doesn't affect the insurance rate at all or no yeah it does actually if you've had a roof replacement uh the insurance company will provide you with the discount if you get a a wind mitigation report along with it so having a newer roof is going to help the buyer with their insurance rates so very good. What about windows? What if the windows aren't working and what if a seal is broken? Is that something that you should disclose? Yeah. It's going to make you pay more in heating and cooling, that's for sure. Yeah. And two, you need to have a way to get out of the house in case it does burn, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's yeah. a house <laughs> fire, you, you kind of need to use that window. So yeah, I think that is something that should be disclosed. What about, um, this happens quite a bit, that there's a broken tile. Do you think that is a material defect? Do you think that should be disclosed? Uh, I'm not totally sure. Well, actually, a cracked tile is considered cosmetic repair. So no. So no. Nope, that's not really considered a material Dang. value. It's really hoping to get some free tiles. <laughs> so what about air conditioning? What if the air conditioner doesn't work? Uh, Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's a, that's you, kind of a... You kind of want to not be hot all the time. <laughs> so here's a trickier question. So what if the seller knows that he has to continually refill the air conditioner with Freon? Would this be considered a disclosable item? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because we constantly have to fill it, right? Yep. So that says that there's a, a leak somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's going to either be repaired or replaced. So which in the end that does affect the value. What about leaky faucets? Is that something that the seller should disclose? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to affect the water bill, right? The If a pipe breaks or something. Here's the rule of thought. Anything that deals with water, you know, water can do a lot of damage. If you have a seller and he has a leaky faucet, just fix the leaky faucet. You don't have to say, yeah, my faucet leaked a week ago and I replaced it. You can say, I put new faucets in last year. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason to allow leaky faucets when you're trying to sell the house. That's, that's my pet peeve. <laughs> so what about drains? Is that something that should be disclosed? Yes. Yep. Well, you don't want to flood anything. Right. So the biggest thing right now in Florida is when the air conditioner drain gets backed up and that condensation line and it causes damage to the ceiling or floors. That is, seems like that's the number one thing that happens in Florida. 
it's a good maintenance thing to do every 30 days as you are replacing the filters just to pour vinegar down that drain line because we live in Florida. It is a tropical area. And what are we known for? Mold. <laughs> so if that gets uh, junked up at all, the water goes into the house, it can do some pretty serious damage. So yep, that is a drain and that needs to be disclosed. What about termites? I Yeah, probably because yeah, they leave trails into the wood beams. Yeah. and Yeah, that is something that is really important in Florida is wood-destroying organisms. If you've had a problem with that, even if you have remediated it, it is still good to know because it's going to show up in an inspection. So it's always good. Just be honest. Now, here's a tricky one. Uh, what about appliances? Let's just say a refrigerator that doesn't work. Do you have to disclose this? This is kind of a trick question. I feel like you would have to, right? Because <laughs> in the um, contract, mm-hmm. it says all appliances are included. Does it have to be? Does it say it has to be working? Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. If, Very if, if good. the contract says that you get the appliances and they have to be working, then yes. <laughs> I thought I would throw a quick trick question there for you, but you, you knew the answer. Good job. Well, of course. <laughs> I have a broker of a mom, and it's a great realtor. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've, I've been doing this so long that while everyone is pretty ooing and eyeing the pretty furniture, I look at corners and door jams, <laughs> and I, I don't even notice furniture anymore. Ooh, look at the counter. <laughs> yes, but look at that refrigerator that may not have a correct water filter, you know, and may be broken. <laughs> yep, that's me. <laughs> I can't enjoy a house. I'm always looking for things that are wrong. Well, I mean, it's good for your client, though. I mean, that's that's a good thing. Yeah, well, it is. And uh, there is a, a true story. Uh, it happened, actually, to one of our former clients. And sometimes when we are working with a seller, we are required by law. If we know that there is a problem, we have to disclose it as realtors. And this one particular case, we ended up walking away from the listing. And the story behind it was that they had a problem with one of their basement walls, and we saw that they had problems with it. This guy was a builder, and he decided that he would do a half-decent repair, although I didn't think that the repair was, was good enough. What really bothered me is he built a wall to hide it. Mm. And whenever (laughs) you're doing something to to hide or mask a problem, as realtors, we have to sometimes just walk away uh, because that that is just not cool. I don't really like it when sellers try to get away with things. Yeah, and when the buyer buys it and they see it's a a phony wall, there's there's something behind it that's something wrong with the house, the realtor and the seller is going to be in trouble. Right. And so what, in this case, what had actually happened, they ended up hiring another real estate agent and they sold the house and the buyers were really happy until there was a really bad rainstorm. And that faux repair, as I refer to it as, well, guess what happened? It just leaks everywhere. Yeah. So it actually, the problem came back bigger 
um, because it was never fixed to begin with. But then they discovered that the builder had actually built a wall to hide it. So guess what happened? They got sued. Yeah, the buyer sued the seller and won. And so not only did they win and the seller had to pay for the repair, but they had to pay for all the court costs, the attorney fees. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the couple had to move out of the house for a couple of weeks while the repair was being done. It was a huge mess. And the seller lost big time. I'm not sure if the realtor was sued. Chances are they were as well. I mean, I would think because the the realtor would have to have known. Yeah, and so with me, I saw the the fake wall, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel good about it. So we just said thank you, but we don't want to move forward representing the sale. But a lot of times, what what sellers will do, they'll fill out the seller's disclosure statement, and they'll just check unknown on everything, thinking that that's going to protect now, them in a lawsuit. If you know that there's something wrong with the house, like the phony wall and stuff, mm-hmm. could the buyer's agent call you, even though you're not representing that house anymore, could they call you and ask if there was something, like the reason why you walked away? That's, or does that have to do something with fair housing? That It's not fair housing, but that does talk about um, the relationship. Anything that we know about the seller or a transaction that can hurt the seller, we legally cannot disclose certain things. Thankfully, I was not called. I was not asked. Well, but but you're no longer in contract with that seller, right? So, right. But-, but we still have to abide by the law, and we still have a loyalty and fiduciary responsibility to the seller that even though we knew that there was a problem and we walked away from that listing, I couldn't go around and tell people that. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. Right. So I was just wondering if like, the buyer's agent just called and said, hey, I noticed you walked away from this listing. What's wrong with that? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we can't really disclose that. But I just had a situation today where the house I'm representing the buyer and the house was in a property management company. I was able to contact the property management company and ask a slew of questions, and they don't have that loyalty agreement Mm -hmm. with the seller. And they can disclose anything and everything, and, and they actually did, which helped me representing the buyer on that particular property so there are some things that as realtors we are not allowed to do property management companies are are a little bit different yeah definitely you can't really sometimes depend on the on the seller's disclosure and so how are you going to find out about this it's going to be through a clue report and that's going to be the legal way of discovering if they've made any insurance claims on it and mm-hmm. it helps keep the sellers honest would, would that show up on a clue report though if he just put a fake wall up if he would have made an insurance claim to fix or to make their repairs original repairs it would have shown up okay yeah I mean, that one just seems really tricky, though, because he may not have did an insurance claim, so you probably wouldn't. The only way that you would know is if you request a a clue report. And most people, if it's a substantial dollar amount, will file an insurance claim. Okay. And and that's going to impact the insurance rates for the buyer. So no matter if you suspect anything or not, 
a buyer should get a clue report for sure. So some tips to do before you close on a home. And so this is going to help with buyer's remorse too. A lot of times when you go through a property and you're really excited and you write an offer, it comes with a refrigerator and wall oven and you love the refrigerator. And maybe this had a Viking stove, one of the top of the line brands. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you take photos of all of the appliances at the time of the offer because one of the things also that has happened in the past is that the seller, after they go into contract, they will switch out the appliances. So they'll take that (laughs) Viking oven and stove and they would replace it with a Lowe's brand. That is not supposed to happen. Make sure you take photos of all the appliances. And when you do your walkthrough, just make sure that those are the same appliances that were there when you made the offer. Do you think people should take photos of the landscaping? Uh, Yeah, like uh, some important um, flowers or something or, or trees or lawn condition. <laughs> <laughs> well, lawn condition is very important as well. Because after you make the offer, it says in the contract, the seller has to maintain the property. So they can't just turn off the sprinklers, as an example, and let the grass die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And if you have ornamental trees, sometimes the seller uh, will try to take an expensive tree. If it wasn't excluded when you wrote the contract, everything in the home, in the ground the grass, the condition of the grass, it has to be in that same maintained level. So Mm -hmm. if you had green grass when you wrote the offer, you had better have green grass by the time you close. (laughs) That would suck if your sprinklers broke. Oh. Uh, And (laughs) you'd have to probably hand water the grass. (laughs) Well, in that situation, that is a great point. This does happen. I don't know why, but it just does. A sprinkler head will break. And so the seller will say, well, you know, that's going to be the buyer's problem. And in actuality, it is the seller's responsibility. So if a sprinkler head breaks or if a line uh, gets busted, guess what? It's still their property. It's still their home. They still have to maintain it as per the conditions of the contract. Mm -hmm. So another thing, too, that I've noticed is take photos of lighting fixtures I cannot tell you how many times the seller has forgotten about grandma's crystal chandelier that they had no intention of leaving. And here it is getting close to the closing date, and you go in there, and there's a, there's a light bulb in the ceiling, and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, what, what happened to the chandelier? <laughs> Where, where's the chandelier? That has happened so often. Make sure you take pictures. If it wasn't excluded In the very beginning of the contract negotiations, guess what? That seller will lose that antique chandelier. Um, Most people will try to negotiate it, but you know what? As a seller, if you know there are some things that you're going to want to keep, switch it out before you put it on the market. Yeah, and as a seller's agent too, you have to ask. 
You are correct. You have to ask, like, is there any appliances or lighting fixtures that you're going to want to keep? Right. Absolutely. And you have to put that in the MLS as well and say everything is included with the exception of the refrigerator. Another thing that has happened, and a lot of people will have a refrigerator in the garage here in Florida. They'll have a freezer or a refrigerator when you're writing the contract, you're asking for all refrigerators. Mm-hmm. And we recently had a situation where we had requested all refrigerators. and That includes the ones in the, in the garage. In the garage. And so when we went through the inspection, they were wondering, well, why are you inspecting? Why are you making sure that the refrigerators work in the garage? And that was the seller's agent. And I said, well, because it's included in the sale of the property. And she said, oh, no, this was never supposed to have been included. Well, and the contract says all appliances. (laughs) The refrigerators. And so it's important, too, as a buyer, if there is something that's unusual, say it's a refrigerator freezer in the garage, you know, you want to make sure that that is also included in the contract. See, other things that we can think of, mirrors is also another one that people kind of they'll take their mirrors yeah i guess anything attached to the wall such as curtain rods and blinds things like that that Mm -hmm. is attached to the property so you have to disclose that that stays yep if you want to take it out if you want to remove it do so before you list it and replace it replace it with something don't just replace a chandelier with a just a single light bulb. (laughs) That is not very good either. Uh, Other things that we can talk about is right before closing, the type of things that you're supposed to do in your walkthrough is you just want to make sure that the dishwasher still works, the air conditioner still works. And the one thing you are not supposed to do, you're not supposed to re-inspect the property. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you just, just make sure you do a final walkthrough before closing, though. Yeah. Like, like it's not an inspect, an inspection, but you're just making sure that all the stuff is still there. Yep. You're making sure the appliances are there. Still work. The grass is green. Nothing's died. Mm-hmm. Dandelions <laughs> in full bloom. <laughs> I wonder. that. That's a great question. I wonder if when they saw the property, there were no dandelions, but by the time they closed, there was a field of dandelions. I that, don't know. <laughs> So we can get really picky about that. I, I don't think people would really care. But. <laughs> I don't know. But as a buyer, it's also important, instead of just looking at the house, take the initiative on doing some investigative detective work. I always recommend that buyers meet their neighbors just to introduce themselves. Also ask questions. As realtors, we can't ask a lot of questions, but as an individual, you can. Take a drive by the property during high peak times to see about traffic patterns and to make sure that you're not going to have a 10-minute delay every morning and every night when they're dropping kids off, picking up and dropping off to school. That seems to be something that a lot of people are surprised with when they buy a new home is they weren't aware of the traffic pattern during high peak times. Mm-hmm. Also, a home means a new lifestyle. You have to determine 
when you're purchasing a home, what type of lifestyle you want to have. A lot of times, if the community has a pool or a fitness center and tennis courts, that's going to be important to them as well. So when you're buying a home, you have to also consider the lifestyle that you're going to have with the Mm -hmm. home. Where you're going to be close to. Yeah. Walking distance areas. Um, I know we just listed a house. It's going to close in a couple of weeks, and it was directly across from the pool. And I had an opportunity to go over there and wait for the inspector, the home inspector. And as I'm sitting there, I just fell in love with the fact that the pool was right there. It was a beautiful sunny day, and there were so many people enjoying the pool. It was such a festive atmosphere. I got kind of excited about that. But if you wanted a place that wasn't so exciting, I think you want to know that that area might have more activity than you want. So again, that lifestyle, to know what type of lifestyle you're going to have. So Joe, let's recap here. Those who are looking to buy a home should do what? Um, Just do basic Google searches of the property. Look up the address. See if you can't find out if some, something happened with it. Yeah. Um, review the disclosure statements. Minimize the unknowns that you're going in there. Yeah. Um, and order a clue report. If like if you think something's fishy, just ask for a clue report. If they say no, well then something definitely up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would I would ask for that clue report on every contract if I were a buyer because. It's not that the seller is trying to hide anything, but it's really good to know the seven-year history. So maybe the seller only owned it for three years, but there was a seven-year history. So Mm -hmm. I would say order a clue report regardless. Well, Joe, that is good to know. Very good to know. All right, everyone. This is the Cat and Joe Good to Know podcast. Have a great week, everyone.